Thanks for listening to this week's message. We want to hear what God is doing in your life through the ministry of Res Life Holland. If you have a testimony, please email us at info at To learn more about us or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on Facebook or visit rlcholland.com. Good, good. Again, happy Father's Day to you guys. I woke up this morning to four kids. Uh, one shouting because he's a baby, but the other one, happy Father's Day. And the cards that they made for me was just, was just awesome. Um, at the same time, it's a hard one, too, because of the recent loss of my father-in-law. And so we have that tug of war in our heart. And that's just me being real with you guys. Um, but just that, that tug of war we have in our heart. We, we understand if you lost someone, it's a hard time. You know, we feel you guys. We're praying for you guys. Um, and I ask you guys as a church family, pray for us as well. You know, we, we're feeling the same thing as well. So, And then just recently, I, you know, I, I love to stay in communication with you guys because I know you guys pray. But just like about two, three days ago, my, my dad had a mild heart attack. Um, and he's in Texas right now. Uh, and then had a mini stroke right after that. And so my two sisters launched out there. They just got there late last night and they're with my dad. He's doing good. He's doing really good. They're going to bring him home. Uh, he does construction, so he travels a lot. Uh, so now he's, he's going to be coming home. But uh, pray for our family as well, too, as, as we face uh, some difficult times. But we believe in the word. We stand on his promises and we continue to declare stuff. I talked to my dad yesterday and I'm like, dad, you want to know about Jesus? And he's like, yeah. And so I was able to share the, the word to him and minister to him, and he accepted Christ right on the phone. So <laughs> I thought it was an awesome conversation, one of the best conversations. Joshua, my son's watching me. And as soon as I, he was just trying to say, who are you talking to, Dad? Who are you talking to? I'm talking on the phone. Hold on. But the moment I started doing the prayer, he's like, high fives me, and then he just walks away, turns around. Can I play the Wii? <laughs> sure, go ahead, bud. All right. Again, happy Father's Day uh, to my stepdad and also my, my father-in-law, who's Marty's stepdad as well. Um, I want to remind you guys how important stepdads are. When I was growing up, the word stepdad scared me. The reputation of the name stepdad scared me. I remember it was October 4, 2003. And uh, I just met Maddie within a month. We're in high school, and homecoming's around the corner. And I asked her to the homecoming, and she said yes. <laughs> she said yes. <laughs> and so I decided to go pick her up that night, but she had uh, informed me the night before, hey, I have a stepdad. You know, and I wasn't going to say anything. You know, like, oh, man. You know, and so I, 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 that night I go pick her up, and I pull up the car, and I'm so nervous to meet her stepdad. And I'm like, oh, man. And so I pulled into the front of her house, and I look, and I'm even thinking, do I beep the horn? No. <laughs> no. Do I knock? You know, and I'm trying to build this courage and this confidence, and I'm like, ah, and I just zoom off, and I go around the block, and I come, I needed a minute, okay? But one of the brothers comes down, like, sweet, I'm just going to connect with him, so I go up there. Long story short, I go in there, and, you know, there's a stepdad. I meet him for the very first time. His name is Freddie, and he comes here, and uh, he, um, he's standing right there looking at me with the camera. I didn't know this at the time, but he tells me later, okay? But I didn't know this at the time. He was waiting for me to watch Madi come down with her dress so I can be like, wow, you're beautiful. Nope, I'm looking down. <laughs> you're, you're her stepdad, uh-uh. And so at the time, I really was nervous. I wish I brought that picture. Now I think about it, but our picture, there's like a huge gap between us. <laughs> Smile. <I'm> like, 
<laughs> I was not. <laughs> the, the, my mindset, stepdad, the reputation of stepdad wasn't good. But then I met him. And he was not what I thought he was. He was actually the complete opposite. Is he here today? No, he's not here. Okay. Well, he was actually the complete opposite. It still is. He is a, he is a father to my wife, a grandfather to uh, my children. My, my stepdad is a father uh, to me and a grandfather to my children. Stepdads are, man, if you're a stepdad or have a stepdad, let me encourage you. That is biblical. Well, how? Did you know Jesus had a stepdad? And his name was Joseph. And the Bible says he walked in his steps and became a carpenter just like his stepdad. There is a significant role when it comes to stepdads. You are just as um, important as maybe a biological dad. And so I just wanted to say happy father to my stepfathers out there. And I think that's an awesome um, deal that, that the Lord has. And, and you can find that example in his word. But today, as, as we uh, celebrate Father's Day, um, today's also a, a check it kind of day. You guys remember, set it, check it. If, if you have not heard or don't know what I'm talking about, I encourage you to go to rlcholland.com and look for the message of the heartbeat. And we talk about how constantly we need to check ourselves so we don't wreck ourselves, okay? We need to check where we're at, character-wise, attitude-wise, lined up according to the Word of God. And so today is a check it kind of day. And I want to talk to you guys about two principles that we can do in our lives right now to help our fathers be a better father. Because it's Father's Day, right? But reality is, this is for anybody. I just like to say the fathers because of the Father's Day. But, but we, we can apply two principles in our everyday life to help our fathers become a better father, help our mothers become a better mother, help our friends become better friends, family, better family, or even our boss, a better boss. Because some of us just throw that out the window and say, oh, there's no hope there. I'm just going to do clock in, clock out, and I'm out of here. But if we apply these two principles, this will help your life. Okay? I'm not going to speak for the person themselves, but a check it kind of day means we don't do this and we do this. What am I doing? to line up, you know, to God and what I need to do. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for an opportunity just to, to just dive into your word with my church family here, Father. I just thank you so much for these guys. And Lord, whatever comes out of my mouth, Father, may it be directly from the throne in your heart, Lord. May my opinions not rise. May they be just thrown to the side, Lord. May I never try to reason things Whatever comes out of my mouth, may you approve, Father God, and minister into a hundred different ways, piercing our hearts and our souls, uh, transforming our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the two principles I want to talk to you about, okay, that will really help us in our everyday life. The first one is the principle of honoring. The principle of honoring, okay, and when you think of Honor, or the word honor, it really is just defined as a high respect for someone. When you honor somebody, you have this high respect for them. Okay, and you might even look up to them. Now, when you go to Mark chapter 6, this passage 1 through 5 says this. Then he went out from there. He, Jesus, he went out from there and came to his own country. This is key right here, okay? And his disciples followed him. And when, and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. Other translations says they were shocked. Because the words that were coming out of his mouth was just piercing. 
It just had power behind it. And the word says astonishing, but when you go to the original Greek, it says shock. Anybody ever been shocked before? Everybody been electrocuted shock? I have, like three times. It's a wake-up call, right? And I believe, spiritually speaking, they felt that. Oh, man, he is penetrating something, okay? They were astonished, saying, where did this man Jesus get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works, everyone say mighty works. That such mighty works are performed by his hands. See, not only is he speaking, man, he's doing. He is doing things in the synagogues with the people and with the church as they're coming together. He is doing mighty works. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary? The brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended by him. Hmm, I'm going to pause here for a second. They were offended by him. They knew Jesus because, remember, he went to his hometown, okay? It's like if he was from Holland, he came back to Holland, and we, we know Jesus. They've known him because he's a carpenter, and he's Mary's son. So they, they must know Mary as maybe a fellowship type of thing. He, he, they knew the brothers and the sisters. So Jesus, Jesus was well known in his own country, and because of the stuff that he was doing, the mighty works, they were offended by it. Continue on in verse 4. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and don't miss this one, and his own home. Mm. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Hmm. They were offended by what he was doing for God, for his heavenly father. Jesus, literally, the son of God, was doing mighty works, and they were offended. And what caused the limitation with Jesus was dishonor. They did not honor Jesus as who he was supposed to be. They dishonored him, and because of that, he was able to do little miracles there. In other words, because they were not honoring him, he couldn't do any mighty works over there. He healed some, the Bible says, but the scripture before talked about how he was doing great, mighty works. He was doing a lot, but the moment he comes to his hometown, he was limited. And we're talking about the creator of the universe, okay? We're talking about the God that, that has created all of us and that, that created everything for him, in him, and through him. And he was limited? Huh? He was limited to do mighty works? Well, if you read this passage very carefully, you see two things that caused dishonor because it was all about dishonor, okay? And the two things were, the first one actually is familiarity, okay? He was familiar in his hometown. And if you think about it, actually the word family comes from the word familiarity, okay? And so family coming out of that word, it's like, for instance, if I walk to my relatives, I have my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my mom, my dad, and, and just the family, they know me and who I am because I am family. I am familiar to them. You guys all have family as well. Usually when you start, spark up a relationship, maybe with a good friend, maybe you've, you were best friends since kindergarten, and you grew up together, and you introduce yourself maybe as adults, you guys talk to each other, oh, we're family. <laughs> we're family, Right? And, and maybe not blood, but we're family because of how familiar 
you are to each other. So the first thing that, that hindered Jesus and, and limited, limited Jesus, actually, is uh, being familiar in his hometown. That's one thing that caused dishonor. The second thing that caused dishonor was offenses, being offended. Let me tell you guys something. If we are offended by someone, we will never honor them. You can't. You can't do it. They don't go hand in hand. If we are offended by someone in our life right now, check it. If we are offended by someone, we will never honor them. Therefore, we can't apply the first principle of, of principle of honoring. But there is good news about that. Forgiveness clears up offenses. Forgiveness tears that and pushes that to the side. I like to call these a truth bomb. Can I give you guys a truth bomb? Okay, let me explain what a truth bomb is, okay? When I give someone a truth bomb, I, I say something, I don't want any debates or argue about it. Like, it's the truth, and if you have an issue with it, go to God, I'm walking away, okay? Here's the truth bomb. <laughs> Big truth bomb, all right? And they're so simple. We are to forgive others as God forgave us. But he did. We are to forgive others the way God forgave us. But you don't understand what I went through. We are to forgive others the way God forgave us. Amen? Amen? Guys, those are truth bombs. I love those. Throw them around. It's awesome. So, but here's the thing. A forgiveness clears up offense. It helps us to apply the principle of honoring in our lives. So think about it for a second. I'll give you 10 seconds. Think about the person. Nobody? Okay, we're good. I'm clear. All right, now forgive them. And watch honor, the principle of honor start coming out of you. Because this is the nature of God that's coming out of you. Not your nature, but the nature of God that's coming out of you. So when we know the truth bomb of we are forgiven, uh, we have to forgive others the way God forgave us, the question rises in our life then. And we need to ask this question. If dishonor hindered Jesus from doing mighty works, is it possible that dishonor is hindering a man or a person in my life right now? Check it. Dishonor. Am I? And the good thing is, if we're in that state, this is perfect because God wants to work within us. We need to be vulnerable to that. Not hide it, but be vulnerable to that. You see, honor is a father's slash husband's number one need. Okay? When we honor and respect, a high respect. I mean, a lot of times, I believe it's for a marriage as well, but, but I believe God wired us that way. That when we crave honor, I know my wife craves love and attention and, 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 and then quote, she doesn't like this right now. So here's the thing though, but she honors me in every way. And I absolutely love that about her. She, when she honors, it's just something that um, fills me up. I find fulfillment. And she's taught my kids that. And I want to do the same thing when it comes to my parents or people around us. Because even though this is a Father's Day message, reality is this can apply to anybody and everybody. Ephesians 6, 2 to 3 says this, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. I went to the original translation, and the main point of that scripture in the Greek was it may be well with you. Everyone say, it may be well with you. It doesn't go well with many of us because we simply just don't honor our parents or even people. 
We don't. So we, it doesn't go well with us throughout our life. And scripture tells us this is the first promise. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with us. You see, when you honor your father, watch things change in your life. Okay? So many times, I know I, I'm, I, I, I've done this a couple of times, and it's, I'm seeing what God is doing, but I would honor somebody waiting for them to change, and they wouldn't. I would honor a parent to see that they would change. They wouldn't. But if I honor somebody because the word tells me to honor somebody, my life changes. It's, it's, it's this type of mindset where we point the finger in our hearts and say, God, work in me. Work in me. You look at, um, at the person, we're not looking for them to be perfect because no one's perfect, but we are looking for us to apply godly principles in their lives so they can be invested in it as well. They're being invested in the moment we apply the principle of honoring people. For instance, you look at uh, the Old Testament, uh, Noah and the flood. We all know that story. Most of us know that story where, where in, in the book of Genesis, I believe it's uh, um, uh, Genesis chapter 21, I believe, uh, where you see Noah and the flood. And now after the flood, he settles the boat down, okay? And when he settles the boat down, they get out, and they, you know, obviously his whole family's out there. Well, Noah loved to grow vineyards, and the Bible says that Noah got drunk by drinking his, the wine that he had, okay? Noah got drunk, and that he was naked and exposed in his tent. Now, he had three sons, okay? And one of his sons went in and saw his father's nakedness. And pretty much went off to the other two brothers and said, hey, you know, exposed dad's nakedness, you know, talked about it, that whole deal. Well, the two other brothers grabbed a garment or some type of blanket, and the Bible says they went shoulder to shoulder, okay? And they had, a, they had the blanket there, and that they walked backwards so they would not see their dad's shamefulness and nakedness, okay? And when he walked backwards, they covered him to cover any type of shame or, or even uh, uh, guilt that he may be f- facing. And the Bible says that because of those two acts, those two brothers were blessed and the one was cursed. Hmm. Well, how, how come he cursed the other one? Because of him going and not honoring his dad during a flaw moment. He, he was not a perfect man. He got drunk and he was exposed as nakedness and probably in shame and didn't even know it because his mind was impaired. And instead of honoring his dad and trying to do something about it, he went off and told the brothers, hey, dad's over there, he's naked. And the two brothers probably, man, we got to do something about it and went to action and just went backwards and covered their dad's nakedness. And the two were blessed is what the Bible says and the one was cursed. The principle of Honoring is so key in our lives when it comes to other people uh, uh, and around our lives. You see, it'll affect us whether we honor or dishonor somebody one way or another. And God wants us to honor people. And I get it. Sometimes we've gone through something with them. But forgiveness clears all those offenses. Forgiveness helps us get to a point where we can honor them. All I'm asking you guys to do is if we're in a stage like that, be vulnerable before God and allow him to start working so at least you can take that first step to honoring somebody. Because God knows, God sees, and God understands. He knows you more than you know yourself. See, for instance, sometimes we'll think, well, there's no hope. I'm always going to think this way. I'm always going to be upset. But God knows, no, 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 no. See, you only know half of it because the other half is I also know you know how to forgive. I also know that you have the power of me in you to forgive. See, he knows you more than you know yourself. 
the principle of honoring. The second principle we need to apply is the principle of receiving, okay? The principle of receiving in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 and 41, it says, he who receives you, Jesus talking, receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. This passage, this scripture that we just read right now, I love the comparison of receiving because he says, if you receive a prophet, you, you gain a prophet's reward. If you receive a righteous man, you gain a righteous man reward. But if you receive me, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, you get the Father, and that's the greatest reward of them all. That is the greatest reward of them all. When you receive Jesus, you receive the Father. You cannot receive the Father without receiving Jesus. Does that make sense? And he says, that is the greatest reward of them all. So the question is, how do we receive? Because it's hard sometimes. It's hard to receive people in our lives sometimes, or maybe because of the way they are, or the way they act, or what they do. And it just, it, it just rubs us the wrong way, which in my opinion is, is really just excuses of us not wanting to forgive. What we need to do is learn how to receive and filter it through the word of God. See, when you receive a person as God's perfect gift, not for them to be perfect, but accept them as God's perfect gift in your life, what you're doing is you are releasing that person to be what God has intended them to be in their life. When we are in a moment of not receiving somebody, because I'm just, I just don't like them or, or I went through this with them. What we're doing is we're hindering their ability of what they can do in life when we do it together. And God wants us to receive them with wholehearted and, and believe that God's going to release so much in them that honestly, it's going to blow your socks off in your own personal life. And they're probably going to just be a, a, a blessing in your life. So many motives I had younger thinking that, man, I don't like them. I don't like them. But when I started applying this, coming to Christ and I started applying this, these people are in my life and they're a blessing. They are a blessing in my life. For example, you look at my wife and her father. You guys know the story. We shared our testimony. We've walked these hallways with you guys when we were youth pastors. You know, you, we fasted together as a church. My wife and her, and her father grew up wasn't the best. They weren't always eye to eye, and it was tough. But she released him to the Lord. And because of that, he came to Christ. God put his full potential in him, in her life, and blessed her life the last seven years. And today is walking with the Lord today. When you receive someone as God's perfect gift in your life, watch him do the rest. Watch God un unleash and be unfolded in their personal life. And I believe Jesus is a perfect example of that. How is that? Well, in John 1.12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And the word the, uh, right, the word right in the original translation is authority and power. Okay, so he gave them the authority and the power to become children of God. 
So we just read right now that Jesus has all power to save, to forgive, to heal, and to set free. But none of that will help us until we receive him. He has it all. But it's until we receive the Lord Jesus Christ that that is activated in our life. We see the full potential in our life through Christ Jesus. Jesus cannot be all that God intended in our lives until we receive him. He can't because we are not receiving him. A person can't be a a, a total blessing in your life until you've received them and looked at them through the eyes of God and said, man, you are cherished and you, you are loved by God. There is hope for you. There is healing for you. There is is freedom for you. When we have that type of mindset, God's able to just enable them to do mighty things in their life. And yeah, it may not be overnight, but the process starts. At least it starts. And they're not camped out in this one uh, uh, rut that they're in. They're now coming out of it and walking. Because if this person or a person and maybe in full of bondage and you probably see it at least let one of those chains not be you release that set it free receive them and watch God do stuff in your life to them as well and that was what the problem was in Jesus's hometown see they didn't receive Jesus when he came and he did some miracles they didn't receive Jesus as the son of God they received him as the carpenter, Joseph and Mary's son, the brothers and sisters. We see them playing all the time. We saw them growing up. The son of God, yeah, right. And the Bible says they were offended. The problem in his hometown was he wasn't received and he wasn't honored. So therefore, the power that he has to unleash on, 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 on healing and freedom, they didn't want it. They didn't want it because he was familiar. I'm really feeling led to say this right now. There's someone in here, or maybe someone's in here right now, that's struggling to minister to family and you're wanting to give up. And the Lord is saying, no. You may not be honored, but receive them and watch God do the rest. Honor them and watch God do the rest. Apply those principles in your life and watch God do the rest. These principles are for everyone, not just for fathers, but also for for your boss and for your friends and for your parents and for your spouse and for your children and for everyone around you. Look around, there's people all over everywhere you go. So when you're in line at Walmart and someone, and you wanna unload on someone because we're impatient about something, honor and receive that person as God's perfect gift for you at that moment. Honor them receive them and let God just unleash. And yeah, I'm never going to see them again. Honor them and receive them wholeheartedly. You see the word receive or the word receiving literally can translate to unconditional acceptance. I thank God that I was accepted by him unconditionally through my mistakes and through my failures. He still saw me as a child of God. And when I came to Christ, he completed me. And now I stand righteous before my father. And you guys have that same thing. Receiving his unconditional acceptance. And my wife honored and received me and taught my kids that. And when I miss it sometimes as a dad, and when I miss it sometimes as a husband, because I do a lot, she receives me. She honors me. 
and I can just give you a testimony that makes me want to be a better husband. That makes me want to be a better father. That makes me want to do what I need to do. Receive and honor. Apply those two principles with the help of the Holy Spirit and watch God be activated and move alive in your hearts and in any part of the world that you go, whether Holland or beyond. Receive and honor. Apply those principles. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our heads.